0: We live in an interconnected world where the questions are complex, and so we have babble undone. And it exists to have a conversation about issues of interest to all of us, or um, maybe things that make you a little little curious. I'm Johnny Moore. I'm the co-host alongside Archbishop Joseph D'Souza. I'm an American evangelical leader. He leads the Good Shepherd movement and the All India Christian Council. He comes from the East. I come from the West. So naturally, we meet in London.
1: Few events have captivated the world's attention, like what happened on October 7, 2023, in southern Israel. In a few hours, the Hamas terrorists perpetrated a single most significant massacre of Jews since the Holocaust. A lot has happened since then, but it is important that the horror of that day is memorialized in all of our minds. It was a day when civilians were targeted, especially women, children, and the elderly. The terrorists did unimaginable things to women and to children. You've read about it in the news, but we want to introduce you to two of those who were
0: there that day. So, Joining us uh, today in, in this conversation are Yonatan and Edo Shamriz. Uh, they were there on October 7th in Kibbutz Azza. Yonatan hiding uh, with his uh, young daughter in their shelter, Ido, as as part of the security team protecting uh, the kibbutz until he couldn't do it any longer. Unlike so many others, they miraculously survived. But plenty of people didn't. Plenty of others are still held hostage, including their own brother, Alon, to tell us their story of that terrible day. Uh, they're here now. Welcome, Yonatan and Ido. So Ido and Yonatan... And, uh, um, the, the audience for our, our conversation here today is uh, is all, all over the world, uh, Christians from uh, South America, uh, Africa, Europe, and the United States. Um, I've had the privilege of getting to know both of you in different ways over the last couple of months, um, but uh, our, our audience uh, doesn't, doesn't know you, and we're going to get to your story, and we're going to get to October 7th. Um, in just a second, but um, but before we do, like, tell us about you. Tell us about um, uh, your family, your your vocation, your your interests. Like, who 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 is Yonatan uh, and who is uh, who is Ido as 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 people?
2: All right, so I will start if it's okay. Sure. Uh, so my name is Yonatan uh, Shamriz. I live uh, in Kibbutz Kfar for thirty years. Uh, I'm thirty three. I have a wife and one daughter. And we just finished to build our new home uh, like two years ago in Kibbutz Parazan. I study law, business and political science. And uh, we opened a family business uh, in the Kibbutz uh, with my two other brothers. We moved together. Um, And now I like to play uh, basketball, soccer, everything. and everything in the ordinary. And... But what about what about Ido?
0: Tell us about tell us about you.
2: Hi,
3: I'm Ido. I'm 32 years old. Um, like Natan said, we are working together at the family uh, business. We have the wood factory. Uh, I learned before uh, two years uh, graphic design. I'm married to Avia. I have two daughters, Leah and Hilly, two years and 10 months, uh, living with Faraza for 30 years. Uh, My hobbies, just like Jonathan, because we are all the brothers like to do the same things. We have the same hobbies, and we like to watch uh, shows, funny shows together. Um, I like to play uh, pool, uh, soccer. Everything with the ball, you know. <laughs> we are very, very competitive. So, everything with the ball in the competition, we like it.
0: <laughs> so, which which of you plays pool better?
2: <laughs> uh, this is obvious, <laughs> uh, Everybody knows it. Everybody, <laughs> everybody
3: will say that he is the best. <laughs> yeah. The is not over. <laughs>
1: will not over. <clears throat> you know, uh, 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 you know, you, uh, you've you already told us that, uh, li- you know, you live in the kibbutz there. But many of our li- listeners may not know what exactly life is like in a kibbutz. Could you tell us, you in know, a, in a, in a briefly, what, what is life in, in a com- uh, kibbutz? Are you a community? Are you all related to one another? Uh, how does life happen And you're doing a business? And how many people normally would be in a kibbutz?
2: So kibbutz is like a small neighborhood. It's a small neighborhood, but it's a big family. And uh, you know, there are some kibbutzes that are very small, like uh, 200 people. In our kibbutz, there were uh, 800 people uh, until October 7th. Mm. And in the beginning, the kibbutz in Israel was like uh, communist, you know, very, you know, uh, socialist, communist. Everything is shared, but it's a big, big family and you know over time as you know as time goes by it's uh, it starts to become something different uh, i mean in terms of sharing you don't have to share everything you can uh, live your own life but still the community is so strong and it's like very very similar to, to a family you know everyone by name you do everything together you know you know you celebrate the holidays together you do everything together so uh, in that terms, kibbutz it's like a one big family.
1: And uh, and uh, uh, would you have your own uh, local governing bodies, uh, elect or chief, or or uh, how is that organized?
2: So in the kibbutz, you have like a, you have some like some people that are in charge of the of the things inside the kibbutz, but it's not something that is like, it's not, there is no laws or no something like that. But uh, if you take ten kibbutz in my area, they have the chief of this area. That it's like more, you know, he's in charge of ten kibbutz for all this area. And he's in in the contact with the governor, uh, with the government, with the Israeli government. But uh, again, nothing it's you know, uh, different from Israeli law we obey to the Israeli law. It's not like a, a different state or a different, uh, you know, uh, something else.
0: So if if someone just showed up uh, as your guest at the Kibbutz on October 5, October 4, um, what what would they have seen uh, there?
3: They would have seen people playing with their children on the big loaves uh, loans, and they would see people are... Coming back from the uh, from the store of the kibbutz, uh, talking about some stuff, um, playing in the in the playground, uh, just the normal stuff. Paradise, they will see
2: paradise. You know, birds are singing, kids walking. You know, and playing in the sidewalks, Uh, like uh, like you know
3: as as someone that grew up at the kibbutz you you fulfilled the dream to uh, take your daughters to the same kindergarten that you was in so this is the beauty of life at the kibbutz it's a very unique life but it, it's much more liberal today uh, the financial it's uh, yeah the difference is financial basically the old kibbutz and the new kibbutz
1: and-
0: then October seventh came so um you both were there uh your 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 brother was there your family was there um, that was uh two months ago um now more than two months ago so uh the memories of people are starting uh to fade in other parts of the world and i i i think um I know it's probably difficult uh telling the story again and again and again but um why don't you take us to that uh, to that day? Uh, what was your experience, uh, each of you, on October seventh?
2: Okay, so as as you stated, uh, we we are all living in the in the kibbutz. In our family, were three brothers and one sister, but we all live in the kibbutz in separate houses. And on October seventh, I was with my my wife, my pregnant wife, and my two year old daughter that just. Uh, celebrate the birthday of that day and my wife wakes me up at 6 30 to the sounds of the alarms and it was so unusual the amount and the volume of the missiles that it was you know a tolerant Natalie I think something is like is, is wrong uh, maybe trying to kidnap a soldier near the border or something and as we go to the safe room in, in every house in Israel every new house in Israel you, if you build the house, you must build a safe room in the house. It's like another room, but with a thicker wall, a different door. And the, for, for itself, it's absurd, right? Uh, but never mind. As we go to the to the safe room, I get a message from Ido that uh, he's in the security team that, uh, you know, they send him a message to he should go and grab his weapon because there are many, many terrorists inside the kibbutz. And half an half an hour later, I get a message from Ido that he managed to escape with his uh, best friend to the safe room inside his house. But he managed to kill one, and and he saw like 100 uh, terrorists in front of him. And he said that uh, half of the security team is, is is killed, is dead. And you need to understand, most of the security team is like my best friends. So, right away, you understand that you are in a big problem. You, you wrote me that I should lock myself inside the safe room and never go out. But meanwhile, I start to get messages from all around the kibbutz, from the kibbutz members, you know, small kids and elderly. They're just screaming for help. And I'm wounded. They, sh- they shot me. Uh, Please come help me. They hear, they hear. And where is my father? Where is my mother? Where is my, where is my child? I mean, like mayhem, Uh, absolutely chaos. And three hours later, I get a message from my younger brother, Alon, that uh, he said that he he hear terrorists go inside his house and he sit quietly in in the safe room. And uh, you know, you understand what is going on in the kibbutz. And I wrote him that I love him and he's strong. He sent me a heart emoji. And that was the last time we we spoke. Uh, from that time, I start to grieve uh, on my brother, because I understand what is going on, and on the other end, you understand what is going on. You want to to break, but in uh, the other end, you with your uh, pregnant wife and you know your daughter, two years old daughter, in the safe room and you try to keep it together and you try to, to make the environment as calm as you can in order to, to keep them safe not only physically but mentally and because there are so many terrorists outside our home I played a game with my daughter, a whisper game because she couldn't like sing or, or shout so I told her that if we're going to whisper she get she will get the balloons after we get out so every time she sings a song or shout or anything I thought be, you you don't tell us shh because it's like you tell, Yali remember we're going to get the balloons if we whisper. So this is how I managed to you know uh, make it through. Um, and after 22 hours, the IDF managed to uh, rescue us uh, without any food or water for uh, that long. And. You know, as you go out from the kibbutz to just break apart. And it was like so hard. And the weeks after, when you have like seven funerals a day and you need to choose between your best friends, which funeral you're going to go. It's like, you know, the, the, the shock, it's like, it's still there. And, and Johnny, you're right when you said that after two months that, the, you know, the the memories start to, you know, to fade. But I think we all live that day. I mean we all still in the 7th of october it's one one of the
1: and ito for of uh, for you uh, uh what were you doing and where were you when when the uh Jonathan says about six thirty in the morning that you were face to face with the terrorists
3: yeah i at 6.30 in the morning, I woke up to the sound of the missile alarms. I have lived for 20 years under a missile attack, but this time it's very different. Um, one of the squad members, uh, let, let me just explain. A squad, we are civilians from the kibbutz. We are not soldiers. Um, our purpose is to be the first uh, defensive line until the army will came. Uh, They need to do it after 30 minutes maximum. It didn't happen for hours. People were screaming for help while there is no uh, army at the kibbutz for hours. Um, So one of the squad members sent us a message that he saw a gunman landing with a paraglider in the kibbutz Uh, then there were uh, gunshots i heard them so i took my vest and ran to the armory it's something like uh, 200 meters from my house Uh, and i grabbed my weapon from that moment uh, when i grabbed my weapon i was ambushed by dozens of terrorists Um, suddenly you have uh, Face to face gunfights on lawns that you were played as a kid. Um, after a short time, uh, seven members of the squad were killed. They are my good friends. We grew up together. They, they were killed right next to me. Uh, we didn't have much chance to survive, but uh, the terrorists were everywhere around us. After hours of fighting, I managed to escape with my best friend to my house. Um, when we arrived, I saw my neighbor's door open. On the stairs of my house, there was a, a weapons magazine of the, that belongs to the terrorists. Uh, the neighbors are good friends of mine. They have uh, 10 months uh, old twins. They moved into the house a few days before that, attack. we were so happy because you actually fulfilled the dream that you raised uh, your children together—my children, their children. Um, when I saw the door open, I realized what happened to the to the parents, the orphaned babies crying nonstop, while I hear the terrorists going in and out their house, and I from the other side of the wall, send message to the army forces, and pray they will come to rescue them. I took something like 12 hours until the army forces came, and I helped them to rescue those babies. Um, I kissed them and hugged them. I brought them their bottles and clothes, walking past the bodies of their parents, um, and the soldiers told me, "Don't get emotional because we need to do it fast as we can." But how can you? Uh, and all all this time, uh, the safe room. Let me just explain the safe room. It's not a bulletproof. You can you can't lock yourself inside. The safe room is actually a room that is uh, against bombs, against rockets. And all this time, you are being witness to horrific messages from people at the kibbutz. Uh, People from Alon's neighborhood, they begged for their lives, while people next to them burned alive. And I prayed for my brother, but I knew there is not a chance that he survived those attacks on his neighborhood. Um, I was rescued after 26 hours um and for 10 days i waited to hear the bad news the army officers after 10 days uh, informed us that he has been kidnapped it's it's absurd but for us it was uh, good news cause you didn't hear the other news the bad news and you need to you need to cheer up that your brother is being held in the poor conditions by monsters with burned people alive, raped women, beheaded babies, abused innocents. We still have hope. We still pray because you didn't hear the other news, but it's so difficult to, to be encouraged by that, you know.
1: So, um, uh, in your kuburts with 800 plus people, are, uh, most of it was devastated, killed, ransacked, um uh, what's the state of the kibbutz now? Uh,
2: sixty-three from eight hundred have been murdered <laughs> in common home. Uh, they wiped out families. Nineteen from uh, nineteen were kidnapped. Meanwhile twelve are uh, already released, including babies, small kids and, and elderly. Yeah.
0: And and among the the seven uh, that still haven't been released um, is your brother Alon. Uh, till till this till this day, I, I think a uh, you know so much of the world uh, saw the the release of some of the hostages um, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, and and I, I'm not sure people realize that there's still um, well over a hundred hostages, including women. Uh, including, um, almost all, all, all civilians, um, uh, and, and, and others, um, include, including your, including your brother. And, um, yeah. why, why don't you take a second and, uh, and tell us about your brother Alon, um, because, you know, we, we don't know him. Tell us about him. Um, and then maybe take, take a moment and, and, and tell us, uh, what the experience has been like of watching other people freed but not seeing your brother freed
2: so Wallon is uh, a very intelligent guy he's 26 years old he lived by himself uh, you know uh, we are the, the three brothers like to do everything together uh, we work together we, we, you know, we play together uh, soccer, basketball, pool we do everything together and Alon is very intelligent. He's very, you know, cold-minded. Uh, he's supposed to start, uh, you know, to to go to school in, in, in the mid of October to start his, uh, I think, it, data analyst. Uh, data engineering, data engineering. And it's very funny. And you know, to see so many people got released. Of course, you are. You're so happy to see, you know, babies and childs and, you know, mothers and elderly got released. Uh, but on the other end, it's so hard. It's, uh, you know, it's your heart apart because you understand that uh, when you are uh, start to make, uh, you know, you start to, to just divide them by groups, the group of the males, the, you know, the 26 males, are not uh, the first and not the second. They're going to be the last. And it's it's very hard, but we try not to lose hope. We grasp in any hope we can, and we are doing uh, everything that we can. We don't even know that we do everything that we can in our power in order to release all of them, not only our brother, every single one of them. We're
0: we're talking to you now um, in between uh, Brussels and and Paris. uh, You you just spoke to... um, I think for the whole factions of the European parliament, you know, you spoke at a national gathering in Brussels yesterday. You're meeting with the leadership in Paris. You're meeting with the EU parliament again in Strasbourg, um, uh, next week. I, you know, I don't, I don't know how you're doing it. I, and I, and I saw when we were together in Washington DC, I mean, 24 seven, you know, you guys were uh, talking to everyone and advocating for everyone. And as I told to, to you then, I'll say it to you again now. Like, um, I, I, no one ever wants to be in this situation, but um, but your your brother uh, Alon is incredibly blessed uh, to to have you as as his brothers and as his advocates. But never once have I heard you just advocate for Alon. Uh, you've advocated um, for for all of them, and and from my point of view. You, you shouldn't be alone uh, in, in this. There, sh- there should be an army of people following you from Brussels to Paris to Strasbourg, um, not just as solitary voices. And I, and I think, Bishop, one of the things that, that we hope is from this conversation here and in, in, uh, Premier in the UK and around the world, um, that we will add more voices uh, to, to, to your voice as you, as you travel around the world away from your, away from your, uh, your, your, your wives and your children and, um, yeah uh, until every every single one of them is free
1: and 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 for you to know that you have our support but but you know suffering shock how 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 have you coped with all of this? how have you managed um, is a daily business
3: you just want to put all the sights and all the experience that you've been through put it away and to be I don't know how, but focus on release your brother because this is the most important thing right now. I, I just can't think about something else. You know, you are not a husband. You are not, uh, uh, you are not uh, I don't know, you are not a father. You are just the brother of Alon and you focus on release him.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Nothing matters. Nothing matters. It's, uh, we are result-oriented. We don't care about nothing. We do, do want back.
1: Do you feel that you're getting support and solidarity and that enough people are standing with you outside of Israel?
2: Actually not that much. Only from the you know from the government from the governments, from maybe you know, the officials, but from the people as, as, as you know, you you see with so many pro Palestinian protests. And I want to remind you that the pro-Palestinian protest began on the 8th of of October, while we are still inside our safe room,
3: Hmm.
2: right? So in in the 6th of October, uh, it was a ceasefire. Israel didn't attack Gaza. And we all believe in coexistence before this happened. And we all believe that we can, you know, live together and in our factory. For, pe- for uh, people from Gaza, walking from Gaza was supposed to start working for us on the eighth of October wow. and all of this collapsed at once because not only Hamas go inside our kibbutz in our community and you know um, you know abuses our wives it's like ordinary people from Gaza that came and burned us alive and you know and kidnapped babies and beheaded babies. So all these, you know, fairy tales and dreams of, you know, coexistence and peace, I don't think anyone believes it anymore. And, and I think that the U.S. And, and Europe is in a big, big problem. Because here in Israel, we have some borders. They are not, you know, you saw it, not so good. But we have some. But inside U.S. and Europe, they are blended inside.
0: Maybe a good place to to uh, end our our conversation. Uh, yeah, we've seen these hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, of of people chanting things like "from the river to the sea" and uh, and uh, I mean, literally in, in many circumstances, advocating advocating for Hamas. Um, uh, there have been fewer uh, fewer advocates uh, for Israel. There are only sixteen million Jews in the entire world, which is what's so irrational about anti Semitism. Um what what do you wish people listening to us knew about uh about your about your country about the about the state of Israel um you know that that uh that, that seems to um to not be not be coming through uh, as as the world tries to change the subject uh from from October 7th so so what is Israel like what do you wish people knew about Israel
2: um first of all I want to... <clears throat> everyone to know that Israel and Israeli people raised by and educated for love everyone. In the Bible, there is a saying, yeah. love the
1: other
2: as much as you love yourself. Yeah. And from the, the moment that you're born, you love everyone and you want to live in peace and you want to raise your kids and you want a normal life. No one wants to fight every minute, every hour. Uh, from his life but after uh, and, and you need to know that in Israel there are many populations from you know different religions and different beliefs and we we managed to coexist together as one community, you have the Bedouins you have the Druze, you have arabic Israeli, you have the Christians, you have uh, many monasteries, you have many mosques and we, we we live together as you know as one community and one country. And people should know that uh, Israel is not an aggressor. It's only trying to defend itself because Israel did not open this war. But the the war can end today if Hamas will surrender and bring all the hostages back. So every civilian that is being killed in Gaza. Hamas is responsible for him. When they shield themselves and their terrorists with civilians, with babies, they are responsible for everything that happened in Gaza, and everyone should know that the war can end today.
3: If you want to free those people in Gaza, you should free them from Hamas. This is the answer.
1: And without, without dismantling Hamas... There is not peace. Is not going to come into that part of the world, is it?
2: Uh, I think it, it needs to be more, not only dismantling Hamas, but yes, it's the first stage of of uh, coming and uh, you know bringing some sense inside this area.
0: Um, Jonathan Nido, um, yeah, you're you're an inspiration to all of us. Um, it's a in, 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 Incomprehensible, um, what your what your family is is uh, is going through, and as you wait every single day for news about your brother, Um, we're going to ask people to pray, uh, to advocate. Uh, We thank you for taking time to talk to us um, today.
1: Our prayers are with you, and uh, sooner than later, like Johnny has seen you personally, I would love to meet with you personally. So, count on our support. Yes.
3: My brother has been there for 90,000 minutes.
1: Hmm.
3: And today I'm asking you to think about him for one minute. Imagine that alone is your brother, your son, and think about what you did today to release him and the other hostages. Innocent citizens were kidnapped from their home and held by monsters. And after you think, just, just pray.
1: Just pray for my brother and the other hostages. We will. We will. Amen. Amen.
0: I've been all around the world, Bishop. I've been to the largest refugee camps in the world. I I sat with victims of ISIS uh, in Iraq um, when ISIS was twenty kilometers uh, from from Erbil. Um, you've spent your entire life as an advocate for uh, for human rights. You've sat with people in their worst suffering in the most difficult places in the world um, as well. Uh, Have you ever heard anything more powerful than what we just heard?
1: No, no. And, you know, just listening to their story and uh, understanding, uh, the Hamas terrorists have taken human brutality to a completely another level. I mean, there's a lot of brutality going on in the world, and I've seen people being lynched and killed. and This thing is just mind-boggling of... uh, there's no care. There's no value of human life. Doesn't matter. You're a child. You're a woman. Or elderly. Or whatever. And then he just don't care. But you do the most inhuman uh, atrocity against this. So, so what kind of uh, madness and evil is this? Yeah, and the and the desperation of
0: these brothers, like traveling all around the world, advocating for their brother. When when Nido said at the end there, like you know, my brother's been held for over ninety thousand minutes can you just give 1 minute to advocating
1: for for my brother and and 1 minute to pray for them yeah. uh, i mean and so it's not just one brother and and the thing about these two brothers is they they're talking about their brother but they're talking about all the other hostages for whom they are concerned and and asking us to pray and how can we as christians not pray and it seems like
0: these days uh, no one wants to talk about october 7th everyone wants to talk about everything else Uh, But that's not the choice that we made here today. It it is important in these terrible moments of of history uh, to not let the world uh, move on. There was a ceasefire uh, before October 7th. It was was, uh, um, not a safe place to be, uh, but what happened on that day, uh, the single uh, most significant massacre of Jews since the Holocaust, which has erupted uh, in anti-Semitism all around the world. And I... um, but this was a good reminder uh, that, that these are uh, individual lives on the other side of all of this, and and I hope um, that the people listening uh, to to this this conversation will pray those prayers and lend their voice. Um, and the prayer I'm praying is that every single one of those those hostages are reunited with their families.
1: Yeah, and with their parents and and children, and uh, and these brothers will have this burden lifted up from them for their own brother and then the trauma all the traumatized will recover and then uh, those of us who are watching and have a voice make sure that we don't have another holocaust
0: thank you for joining us today for Babel undone if this conversation had you thinking then why don't you share it with someone else for more episodes of Babylon Don or other amazing content that helps Christians live out their faith, you should head over to Premier Plus. That's Premier P R E M I E R. For the Americans listening in, dot plus.